Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GEA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie forward slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Green, all right. A green, all right. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. Now, that small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, he's my name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer, Oshin McConville, and by the former Kerry footballer and manager, Eamon Fitzmaurice. We will be talking about all four provincial finals today, the two that have passed this weekend and the two that are on their way next weekend. Eamon, you were in Killarney. Why were Cork demolished by Kerry? Um, look, I think Kerry had a huge motivational factor uh, on top of the motivation factor that's always there, Paul, anyway, you know, after last year's disappointment in Parky Cueve, but just looking at the game, I think there was two <clears throat> kind of huge things for Cork. First of all, their own kick-out, um, their own long kick-out in particular was completely dismantled. And the second thing was when they were on top and when they were when they were playing quite well in the first quarter and even in the second quarter coming up towards half time they didn't make it count their decision making in the final third I thought was um, poor at times and when you're playing the top tier teams you really have to capitalise when you're on top and they didn't do that um, but you know they're I think once the kind of wheels came off then there was no leaders. They didn't seem to be able to kind of stop Kerry on the roll. And in fairness to Kerry, Kerry were very impressive as well. Kerry made two changes before the game. Jack Barry started and Paul Murphy started. What difference did that make and why was it done? I don't know why it was done. I suppose, look, with Paul Murphy, um, he's been, since 2014, he's been starting every game. So it has been probably a talking point in Kerry, the fact that he wasn't starting the last couple of games and that, uh, you know, he's the captain of the team as well this year. So um, it wasn't a huge prize to, surprise to see Paul coming in and starting and, uh, you know, coming in for, for Gavin Crowley in the, in the half-back line. Um, the Jack Barry one was a bit more interesting. I'm not sure what the thinking was, but I think the way that Cork went at their long kick-out, it absolutely worked perfectly for Kerry because uh, they had David Moore and obviously in the field, Jack Barry was midfield with him. Dermot O'Connor was playing as a wing forward as a kind of third midfielder. 
So it suited them perfect uh, the way that Cork were going. Now, obviously, Guillermo O'Connor got injured early enough and had to go off, so that changed it anyway. Um, I presume training farm is coming into it as well, Paul. I presume the lads are playing well in training and forcing their way into the team. And, you know, when you have a panel going as well as that, it's probably important for the panel to see changes and to see farm being rewarded. And, you know, that keeps the momentum in the panel going. Then the people see, you know, they're not just saying we're going to reward farm here. We can actually see it happening in front of our eyes. When you were managing Kerry, did you ever make a change to almost put a, a kind of a run of electricity through a team and through a panel? Um, I can't think of anyone off the top of my, uh, off the top of my head now, but Certainly, in the time that I was a selector with Jack, Jack was was good at that, and he would have done it now and again where he pulled someone out of nowhere. I remember in the 2004 All-Ireland quarterfinal, we were playing Dublin, and, uh, you know, we had won the league that year. We'd won the Munster Championship. We were going well. The team was quite settled, and the next thing he started, Paddy Kelly midfield instead of William Kirby out of nowhere, and uh, William Kirby was miffed. Um, Paddy Kelly did fine in fairness same day um, William came on in the second half and was like a man demented for the rest of the season was very important for us in the semi-final against Derry in the final against Mayo so Jack Jack was good at that I'm trying to think uh, like generally we went with uh, farm the players that were playing well in training the fellas that were playing well in the games they, that was the way we went at it and it was very transparent and it was very everyone kind of knew um, you know, where they stood. And at times there was obviously decisions to be made and, you know, fellas would feel that they were going well and that there was a, ju- a judgment call to be made and that might be based on the opposition or whatever. But uh, um, I can't think of one where I just said, you know what, we'll throw this fella in and see if there's their reaction out of it. Oshin, when we were talking last week, you said that Kerry would win by at least 14 points. So... You, you were obviously right. Midway through the first half, when Cork led by five points in, in the middle of that half, were you nervous about that? No, not at all, Paul. I uh, knew more or less that, you know, I actually think the, help, the, the start helped Kerry in a way and that, you know, that's why they ended up putting the game to bed in the way that they did. I thought, you know, Cork was sort of getting, I felt as if Cork were getting in under their skin a little bit again. Uh, but I suppose the good thing was there was no panic from 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 Kerry. I think the um, you know what were Kerry going to learn from yesterday's game, and, and I think that's maybe why O'Connor the half forward and, and Jack Barry in the middle of the field. I, I don't know what exactly you know that's that's going to give them in Crow Park, as in I don't think they're going to they could afford to play Barry and more. I, I could be wrong, but. Uh, I didn't mind O'Connor in the half hour line. That's something that you know should naturally work anyway. Um, so Kerry, along with trying to win that game yesterday, and look at you know as a, as a manager, I'm sure you know Peter Keane was thinking, yes, you know I'm confident we're going to win the game, but like we have to guard against what we what happened last year. But I never felt as if there was any need for that. I just think they're so superior to, to Cork in, in every uh, facet of the game, every area of the field. Um, and I think, you know, they're thinking, can we learn two or three things from from uh, from the game? I think uh, there's a couple of worries, obviously. You know, 
the way Foley played early on because I'd lauded him here for a number of weeks. Like, but I just thought he was under uh, he was under serious pressure at times. Um, but look at. The, the way Kerry's going to win in All Ireland is uh, is the way they played yesterday, and maybe even a little bit more on top of that. So um, I don't, don't know how much they learned. I think O'Connor would, if he's fit, would be very adept at playing in that role, no problem whatsoever. He's athletic, gets up and down the field. He's obviously good in the air. Um, so I think that's probably one of the things that they were trying to get out of yesterday was maybe one or two things that. Uh, they can take into the next day. Um, I think the the uh, the options off the bench are are uh, more or less the same as what I thought. You know, running through the league, Killian Spillane gives them something. Tommy Walsh gives them something a little bit different. Um, and then the just to put the icing on the cake, David Clifford had a shocker, which is which Kerry, which honestly Peter Keane must be absolutely loving. You know, the fact that, imagine David Clifford going into an All-Ireland semi-final with something to prove now. It's it's some position to be in, in fairness, but, uh, like, all the other moving parts and the way they move the ball is exceptional. There's still question marks, Paul. We haven't learned anything from this. Uh, you know, I think they will learn a little bit from from whoever they play, whatever whoever, whatever team comes out of Ulster, they, they will learn a little bit more about themselves. As uh, not so much uh, in a footballing capacity, but you know, when they ha- when they're forced to dig deep, Moran or Trum will make them dig deep, dig deep at some stage. I still think that you know neither of the Ulster teams can 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 beat Kerry, but uh, they'll 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 ask them questions that they haven't. Uh, had to answer yet, especially through Championship football. So, um, you know, there's still a work in progress, Kerry. You know, they're not, they're no, they're nowhere near where they need to be. And like, you know, when we talked last week about how how uh, Dublin are on the way in, yeah, they have to be significantly on the way in even for Kerry to, to catch them at this stage. I think. Do you agree with that, Eamon? Yeah. Look, I think as O'Sheen said there, uh, Paul. I think look for Kerry. You know, every day it's it is a work in progress. That's the way it has to be. The only team that probably are at a level that they can just go out and try and repeat what they're at is Dublin. Everyone else, it's a work in progress. Every time they go out, they're trying to add another little layer, find another little bit to make sure that when they get up to Crow Park, when you get up to the big house, you're ready for whatever comes at you there. So, look from a Kerry perspective, my my feeling this morning was. It's exciting for Kerry to be heading back to Crow Park again. It's nearly two years since Kerry played a championship game in Crow Park um, because of the pandemic and not being up there last year. That's an awful long time for those footballers, the young lads in particular, that have developed so physically, uh, so well physically over the last couple of years. The legs that they have all over the field now, that's made for Crow Park. And that's ultimately where they're going to be tested and where we find out if they are the real deal. So until that happens, you know, there are going to be those question marks and there are there there is going to be, um, you know, things to work on the whole time. But certainly from a Kerry perspective, delighted that the lads are getting to go to Crow Park now and really test themselves against the big boys. Do you think... It's, it, 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 it's, sorry, Paul. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's just... it's. The thing I notice about the you know the, the big teams and might be repeating myself in this, but uh, it's eighty minutes now. You know what I mean? It's at least eighty minutes. It's eighty-two minutes yesterday in Crow Park, and 
like it's unbelievable how how important subs are and how you get to use them. Like if you if you're forced into using two or or three, maybe with guys who are cramping, injured, uh, completely getting destroyed, maybe defensively or whatever. If you're forced to use them, that leaves you with two or three subs. They have to make a significant impact, um, especially now that it is like it's an eighty-minute game and it's played at a it's played at a ferocious pace. It really, really is. So, like conditioning is everything. And you know, when we get on to the Galway game, there's definitely question marks over the conditioning. And and I, I I'm reluctant to say that. And the reason why I'm reluctant to say that is. When a team's on top of the other team, everybody always says, you know, the team's struggling fitness-wise. But it seemed it seemed it seemed really pertinent yesterday with uh, with Gola uh, after forty minutes, really. You know, five ten minutes into the second half, like there were really there was a lot of boys in that pitch who were gasping, like you know. The 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 three on the three provincial finals being played in Krog Park, Leinster. Um, Ulster and Connacht ones being played in Croke Park. Do you think Munster Council in particular <clears throat> Kerry have missed a trick here by not playing the Munster final in Croke Park? Uh, I don't. I don't. To be honest, Paul. I look when when the the talk was going on last week um, about whether uh, Kerry should have agreed to have it moved or whatever. I would have been saying certainly with with my management hat on. I'd have been saying no way. Can Arne win the game? game. Win, win the game, game. Yeah. yeah, and get up to Crow Park then. And the whole Crow Park thing, look, Kerry are familiar with, with Crow Park. They know they, they know us, they understand it. Like, let's say for Offaly and Derry playing there in the Division Three League final, fantastic for those teams to play there and to get exposure to it. But Kerry know Crow Park, they know the pitch, they understand it. And it was more important to win the game. And look, there was 2,500 people in Fitzgerald Stadium yesterday. There was an atmosphere there. It was great to see people at the game. If it had been on in Crow Park, there aren't too many Kerry people or Cork people, less Cork people that would have travelled all, all the way up to Dublin for it. So um, I think from a practical point of view, no, I would I would have I would have st- stuck with the decision they made. The final score was four twenty two to one nine. If that was the final score in the Leinster football final, everyone would be talking about what a catastrophe the championship is. In the semi-final, Kerry won one nineteen to one eight. In the in the quarter-final, they beat Clare three twenty-two to one eleven. So the average winning margin is almost seventeen points across three games. Where lies the Munster Football Championship? Yeah, it's in trouble when you're talking like that, Paul. But there, look, this is this is nothing new. Um, you know, the last couple of years have been quite competitive, but. 2018, there was a huge margin below in Parky Keeve. Uh, 2017, there was a big margin in, in Killarney. Um, so, yeah, look, we, we know the championship has to be reformed and hopefully with the special congress that it, w- it will be. And um, should look, I even like Galway, Galway lost by six, wasn't it six points in the end yesterday? Yeah. Was it? Six points. Like, Six it points felt more, more. It felt more. It, it felt more, and six points now. Like if you go back ten years, six points was a hammering. If you lost by six points, you were saying you were really scratching your head. Whereas now, six points is almost like an acceptable margin in in a big game. So when we're getting to that point where there's you know six points is okay, 
you know, the, look, the, the reforms need to take place. And I think, in fairness, everyone's aware of that and there is an appetite to do it. I just hope that, you know, the decision makers make the right decisions and they're able to, you know, put their provincial hats in the corner and make the best decision from the point of view of the game and making sure that we have we have equal contests more often. I looked at the age profile of the Kerry team afterwards. So I'd like to ask the two of you a question here, which involves casting your mind, your mind forward. When do you think it is likely that Kerry will again be beaten in the Munster Football Championship? Uh, I was thinking yesterday, uh, not being uh, especially brilliant at maths at school, but... I'm thinking that uh, yesterday was. Am I right in saying yesterday was 83, 83 cham, 83 monster championships for uh, for Kerry? We can't see any problem getting to a hundred. And my question still stands, Oshin. I mean, you didn't. You very nice little speech, but um, <laughs> what, what? When do you think Kerry will again lose a monster championship match? Uh. I'm sure they'll lose one in my lifetime, but if they lose one, that's probably about it. Really? Well, Eamon? Um, <laughs> I'd love to be this um, sure. Look, I, I think if you look at um, Cork's underage, is quite well. Their, their under-20s have done well the last couple of seasons. The only thing is not enough of them seem to be transferring into the senior team for whatever reason. Um, those lads are used to you. They're used to winning, and you know, even um, Connor Carbett after the under twenty game, he was speaking and he spoke how at minor level it was Kerry that got the last minute point uh, in twenty eighteen. I remember the game above in Parky Cueve, uh, very tight game, and Kerry just barely pulled through at the end. Cork got it at under twenty level. So the point being that there's very little between the sides at that at that age group. Um, in terms of the senior stuff, I don't know. If if the Munster Championship is played early in the season, as is one of the proposals, I think is a better proposal, they could lose. They could lose a game with an experimental team or undercooked, looking at the big picture later on with a league-style championship. Um, but at the moment, look, they're in the driving seat for sure. How long, Paul? I don't know. I hope. I, I go with O'Sheen's one if, if that worked out. Uh, Paul, Paul, what about like you have to think, you know, when, when you think about you, you know, Cork underage, and you think of the size of the county they're in, and you think about the fact that they will mobilize the troops, and 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 I think that has already, I think it's fair to say that that has already started. It's probably in its infancy, but it's it started. Um, but there's a bigger thing at play as far as the short to medium term. And that is like w- when you walk into that dressing room. What, what's it like? What's it like as a as an under nineteen? Like I, I would think, and I've seen this in my own county as an under nineteen coming in now. You're probably expected to be one of the main men. You're expected to lead. Uh, there's no grace. There's no you know uh, a year or two where you sort of find your feet. You know that's not happening. And you know while you're finding your feet, you get beat by twenty two points maybe in a monster final. You know, it's very unforgiving, you know, and, and, you know, what entices young lads back to play in that game? We've had a knockout challenge of this year. I mean, you know, they have to sit 
on that for we don't even know how long you know if it's split season whether split season is going to be uh the first part of the year or the second part of the year um there's so many uh question marks but i think the, the one thing is uh, that I would look at is what sort of uh, setup are these boys going into as far as I'm not that's not questioning management or or but what sort of what sort of um, leadership is there in in that change room what sort of uh, accountability is there in that change room and for me that's a big thing that Cork you know won't be able to sort out for some time and for now they need to forget about beating Kerry in, in Monster Championship. They need to create a base for themselves in Division 2, uh, try and get into the, Division 1 and try and walk it that way. But for, for the short to medium term, as far as beating, aspirations of beating uh, Kerry in, in the Monster Championship, not going to happen. If we move to Galway Mayo, you were, you, were at, you were in Krug Park yesterday at a Connacht final. Was there much of an atmosphere in Krug Park yesterday? There's always an atmosphere. Mayo were in it. Um, before the game, even I said to myself, "Is this a full house? That I have I missed something along the way?" Where somebody's just said, "Listen, everybody, mails load up. It's eighty-two and a half thousand again." Uh, so it was a good old buzz around the streets and that. People were. Uh, I was early for the game, obviously, you know, but there was people already queuing up, looking to get in. I don't think they let them in. They don't let let you in. I think uh, as early as what they used to. Um, but there was a there was a nice little buzz around, and there was there was good noise, and and you know when Mayo started to started to ramp it up in the second half, it was like the atmosphere of old. Even though obviously you know there was what fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand now, um, but yeah, there was there was a serious buzz around, and and I think the 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 big thing was that. Galway had to do exactly what they did in order for the to be a bit of a special atmosphere because you know. As much as some Galway people that I met before they went in were confident, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of worried faces as well as that. And I think uh, when when Galway started the way they started, it put it up to Mayo, and then we were in for a real game because you never felt that Mayo were going to throw a towel in or anything. So uh, I tell you what, uh, Mayo Dublin will be Mayo Dublin two thousand seventeen eighteen. It'll be. It'll be it'll be another special occasion. Hopefully, you know more fans in there. But uh, Mayo Mayo found something yesterday in the second half. I mean, they were, they were shocking in the first half. No point in saying any different. When they got the ball to the to the um, to the final third, they were shocking uh, in the in the way that they were so lateral and uh, slowed the ball down. And the same boys, you know, getting to the first to the first man, you know, in the uh, in the blanket and just you know stopping and, pop, and popping it back and that's not Mayo. Mayo are, are a team who like to play in the front foot all the time and uh, they weren't having really they weren't really having the opportunity to do that. And uh, but once they found it out in the second half, they started to move the ball a lot better. You know, uh, push Galway from one side of the field to the other and uh, play with a bit of confidence up front. O'Donoghue is a handful. I know he's small in stature, but he's 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 a uh, and he tries things. He he tries things maybe that other players are sort of afraid. They tried a, a little ball in over the top for uh, Mikhail in the first half. Uh, it was exactly the right thing to do. His execution just wasn't there, but uh, he can he can make them take. I'd actually like to see him at eleven. To be honest, you know I think he could he could maybe do a little bit more from there. But look at. They need to be. It needs to be more of a moving part, a moving parts thing up front for for Mayo. 
you know, not, not Tommy Conroy stuck at 13 or 15 the whole game. They need to move it around a little bit. And that's what they did in the second half. Uh, O'Shea, you know, the full four for 10 minutes, whatever it is, it gives you something different to, to think about. And, and then he, he moved around again. And he was impressive yesterday. I th- I've, I thought his, his tackling was, was immense. And uh, you know what? The Killian O'Connor thing yesterday, yes, of course. The, the, I'm not I'm not saying for one minute they don't miss him offensively. But I'll tell you what they do. They miss him in the organization for for the opposition's kickouts. And just the amount. Like, I think people have got more of appreciation of just how much tackling he does in his own yeah. half and how difficult he makes it. Like, you know, if you have nobody tackling from that front eight, it's like so difficult for your defense, and that's the way. Um, like I felt sorry for like Oshie Mullen and, and Park O'Hara and, and these boys in the first half because we're totally exposed with fifty and sixty yards of space. Like it's a, it was a forward's dream, but that all changed. That was completely turned his head. And as much as yes, uh, James Horn changed things. He 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 nullified Conroy and Matthew Tierney and Shane Walsh and Damian Coma. Yes, that, I know that, and that's that's a massive thing, and it and to have the capabilities of doing that is uh, not a lot of teams would have that. Um, but the energy they played with in the second half was was incredible, and the way they finished the game and how strong they finished the game. Eamon, do you see Mayo as a serious threat to Dublin? Um, like they are, but my my thing always with Mayo and Dublin is that they haven't beaten them in either league or championship since 2012. So this is the 10th season and as close as they've been and the draws and the one points and everything, they've never quite got it over the line. And uh, look, a lot of the younger lads don't have the same level of maybe the bit of psychological damage or fear or whatever of the dubs. But uh, I think if we see their second half performance for, for the 80 minutes and if Dublin don't go up the gears like we expect them to go up the gears, absolutely, there can be a serious contest there. But um, I, I'll have to wait until I see it. I'll believe it when I see it rather than, you know, having faith that it can happen. Do you see Kerry as being ahead of Mayo? Uh, I, I think at right now, this minute they are. But look, I think with Kerry, you know, the big boy stuff starts now. Um, you know, they've they've been very impressive in the Munster Championship. I would say players and management are delighted. They, you know, it's a case of job done. They went up, you know, each game from Clare to Tipperary to Cork, the standard of the opposition was increasing or Clare, Clare and Tipperary, maybe you could flip it. Um, they had an away game in Tipperary. They have three games under their belt. It's mission accomplished. They're up in Crow Park, but the serious stuff starts now. And whoever wins the Ulster Championship is going to be a serious test to them. And, you know, looking further than that and talking about a Kerry-Dublin final and all that, that won't be in their minds. Any Anyone inside in the camp, they'll only be, they'll be completely zooming in. And it's kind of toughened them this week from the point of view of they don't know who they're playing. And, you know, they have three weeks rather than two weeks. They have this week... Tomorrow night, absolutely, be recovery and get get themselves organised. But they'll still have two sessions uh, unless they wait until Sunday. They might wait until Sunday to train this weekend because they'll know their opposition at that stage. But I always, not that I hated that vacuum, but it certainly gives a better focus to training 
when you know who you're preparing for. If you're preparing in a bit of a vacuum, it's not ideal. So um, they, they'll have the Munster Championship Park this morning, Paul, um, and they'll be getting ready for that. Ahead of Mayo, look, they're, they're level with Mayo, I suppose, because both of them are provincial champions and they're heading for an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, and that's where they're at at the moment. Oshin, do you, you made the point earlier that Mayo looked fitter than Galway in the second half, but that can sometimes be a product of the way the game changes and you get a run on the team and you're suddenly everybody's, everybody's gasping. There does seem to be an issue with Galway, though, in terms of coping with Mayo's runners and how they coped with them very well in the first half, but not so well in the second half. So was that to do, is that to do with possession? Or is it to do with structure? Or is it to do with fitness? Oh, jeez. It's, it's to do with a lot of things. The first thing I would say was that uh, in the modern game, when I, when I see the kickouts going long on a, on a half-regular basis, I, I always feel as if there's some level of uh, panic. Uh, Goal went back to the overload a couple of times and, uh, and lost it. I think, if you remember, we talked to Kevin Walsh about it. And he said he liked that kicker because even if we lost it, um, you know, we, we we didn't feel as if we were in trouble because we had that many bodies. Uh, Kevin McLaughlin won one yesterday and they created that, uh, you know, a point, a point off it. I think that put them four up. Um, but I just I just felt as if, you know, they were starting, it looked as if they had to fight a lot harder for everything. Uh, Mayo were getting their kickouts away a lot easier. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a chance for rest for a bit of respite. Whereas, you know, from the Galway side of things, I felt as if, to be honest, you know, uh, the half the half forward line uh, and the middle of the field, I thought they were very slow in getting back in and helping. Whereas in the first half, you know, that was something that they were uh, able to do, uh, seemed to do a, a lot easier, and that was one of the reasons why I questioned the um, the fitness levels. I mean. Put, there's a possibility you put the two teams together and, and maybe there's not a hell of a lot of difference between the fitness levels. But when you're talking about fitness levels, you're talking about mindset and you're talking about attitude and you're talking about what creeps in there is, you know, do we really believe we're going to win this game? You know what I mean? And, you know, we've lost we lost one last year by a point and, you know, we haven't done great in Crow Park and all of those things. I don't say those are the thoughts, but uh, subconsciously, you know, those thoughts are there. Um, and I think that's why it looked as if there was a real lack of energy about them. But uh, it was an onslaught. It was an onslaught. Like I mean, uh, you know, the turnovers kill. The turnovers kill you. And you know, when you're going up the field and you're trying to get bodies up to to um, to help out on, on uh, in Crow Park in Sear and Heath, when that ball is turned over, like uh, I'll give you the two. The O'Shea had one. O'Hora won. Oshie Mullen had won. There's one more. I can't remember who exactly who that was, but like you know, Galway were advancing players forward at that stage. Probably had you know eleven players maybe up, you know, supporting. All of a sudden, you know, they give the ball away, and and you got Owen McLaughlin on, who's fresh, starts to ru- starts running at them, and like that really really hurt them. And it's demoralizing as much as uh, it's de- demoralization as much as it's a fitness issue. But put all those things together, and then you're fighting for every kick out. It's uh, it's difficult, and obviously they had an inexperienced goalkeeper, and it wouldn't 
I wouldn't put the blame at his door, you know, because the movement just in the second half wasn't anywhere close to where it was in the first half. I, I think on the Mayo fitness, Paul, look, since James Owen took over that team uh, in 2011, their conditioning um, has been second to none. And they have athletes, but whatever they're doing in terms of their conditioning has been outstanding. And, you know, their newer players are all ferociously athletic as well. As in the Galway side, they have a good few that are successful under 20 team. And just in terms of training age, they're probably still building up, um, you know, those reserves and the capacity to be able to go toe-to-toe with the likes of a Mayo. So I, I think, to be fair to Mayo, they've, they've had that part of the jigsaw right for a long time. I mean, if I can ask you as well, Oshie made a really interesting point there about Ryan O'Donoghue trying stuff. Okay, it didn't come off, and it, it's the same as a turnover, really, if you kick the ball into the into the goalie's hands. How do you coach somebody? How do you deal with somebody when they're trying things? Like, for example, Luke Connolly yesterday in the first half for Cork tried a series of passes. Now, they were speculative. You could actually see the purpose of what he was trying to do, trying to split on the diagonal, and there were players free if they got in, and there would have been goal chances if they'd been created. To what extent, how do you strike the balance there? Yeah, no, I made I made the point about Luke Conley in, in my piece this morning, Paul, and I hate actually singling out players, uh, you know, for, for criticism, to be honest about it, but... I, I just felt to be playing with him yesterday, some of the things he was doing, you would have been absolutely infuriated. And, and no one was saying anything to him. No one was I, I think it comes from the players in the field with him and the player himself. Luke Connolly's 29 next November. He's played a lot of high-level football with his club and with Clark at this stage. And absolutely, like you said, I saw what he was trying every time. Once maybe of the four he tried, <laughs> it was on. The other times he was forcing it. And, you know, you just have to have a realisation, OK, I'm not going to do that the next time. I'm going to keep it simple. He kicked the score then that he kicked outside of the right on the run. Fantastic score. But, like, he forced four Hollywood passes. He kicked three, maybe, big wides that weren't on. He was under pressure. Um that sucks the life out of a team when they're having a bit of a purple patch and they're not capitalising. But to answer your question, I think you have to trust the player. Ryan O'Donoghue tried that pass. It was 100% on. It was just a small bit too heavy. Yeah, he overcooked uh, it, basically. Yeah, and if, if, if it had come off, it was a goal chance, so you'd give him. But he didn't try it again. He didn't start <laughs> forcing it from there. Oh, I missed that one. He kept it simple. And he actually, there was a couple of times after that where he recycled ball when maybe he could have gone at, gone at a man. So he kept it simple. And like O'Sheen, I've been very impressed with Rhino Dunahoo. I do see he could do damage further out the field as well. I think as the the next teams that are coming, Dublin slash Kildare, more than likely Dublin, and whoever, whoever, uh, if they were to win that, whoever comes in the final, he doesn't seem to have a left leg. So he, I, I, I'll be curious if he has. There was a couple of times that he's been on it, and he, he has this game, yeah, yeah, where he always goes back onto his right. So when the better teams come up against him with the better defenders who have done all the analysis on him, and he's forced onto his left side, I'd be interested to see if he has, if he has a left foot. No, he's very natural there, and. You know, he's confident and 
he played a bit of soccer as well. So you'd expect him to have some kind of a left leg, but I, I'll be interested to see it. I'll be interested to see it. Oshin, if you were playing in the full forward line and there was somebody playing with the ball out the way, and I, again, it's not picking on Luke Conley, it's that type of player out there trying passes. What, what do you do about it? Well, I think that that's the thing that, you know, Wayman's talking about is, you know, ownership and, uh, you know, somebody saying to Luke Connolly, look, that's not on, let's 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 keep the ball. I mean, the the Ryan O'Donoghue thing is, is the perfect one because try something that doesn't come off, keep it simple. And then, you know, he tried it. He tried a couple of things again in the second half, you know, when 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 things were probably a bit more comfortable to try things. Um, but like I <clears throat> would not be one to tell players not to try something. Uh, but in the Luke Connolly case, uh, see what you're dealing. With, what I think what you're dealing with there is, Cork management team are saying to themselves, <clears throat> this guy could go out and he scored three three. You know, now, that's that's not what happens all the time. But it ha- he has done that, and he has the capability of doing that. And as a manager, if your backs to the wall. The chances are you're probably going to say, "Listen, Luke. You know, hopefully we we'll throw him in. Like, hopefully he is one of those special days." Uh, but literally, like, like let's go, let's let's uh, roll the thing back to last year's monster final when he never should have kicked that ball. Mm. He never should have tried for a score. Now, of course, everybody, you know, it worked out and and all those sort of things. But that was not on. That was that was a time where he should have recycled the ball. Uh, he didn't, and, and it definitely worked out for them. But uh, I, I really it, said Brian, Brian Hurley was playing so well yesterday, Oshin, that Brian Hurley should have been getting on his case. He should have been saying, "Listen, now, steady, just give me the ball. steady, just give me the steady ball. now. Let's relax now. Here, we're do, we're going well. Get me on the ball. I'll give it to me. I'll give it back. You'll get in. Like he put in a great um, ball for uh, Denine's mark." Uh, that that's 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 the kind of stuff you should have been doing. That was a kick that was on. He executed it perfectly. Simple score, but some of the other stuff. Um, and like you said, Oshin, he's mercurial, and they could come off. But even some of the passes he tried, if they did come off, I'm not sure was, not, the, player, not, was the player going to be able to do anything with it. He was probably going to have to come out and recycle it anyway. Like you know. Yeah, not not massively advantageous, you know. What yeah. I mean, like it wasn't like it was yeah. a player in on goal. But I think the other say the other thing about uh, Luke Connolly is that uh, if he doesn't realise that himself, you know, we like I like I don't know with you guys, but like I've dealt with players like that who like I could literally say to them every single day. I could send somebody like I've done this in the past, where I've sent somebody a text, you know, on maybe 90 consecutive days saying the same thing and they'll still do the same thing when you when they go onto the field and so sometimes you know unfortunately the message that you that's going out there uh maybe just isn't received in the way that that it, that it should be yeah i was laughing there i'll tell you a funny one i won't name the player but um jack o'connor one time was coaching a player um and like that the message just wasn't getting through so one of the lads said to jack look jack i don't think he's processing it he's he's not getting it and jack turned around and said to him the problem isn't it that he's not processing it the problem is he doesn't have a processor (laughs) 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 there you go oh sheen some fellas don't have the processor no there's a few boys don't have the processor 
it can it can even be worse than that. I played in a club team with a captain once. He made the same speech before everything's right, lads. No fighting with the ref. No fighting with each other. No ballooning the ball away. <laughs> in the first five minutes, all three things will have been achieved without any question. I want to turn to Dublin Kildare because Dublin Kildare is seen as being something of an inevitable inevitability. Um, I I was out on Sunday morning after a kind of a four year hiatus from the game. Um, I came out of retirement to play golf. Um, and I was playing with um, a couple of doubles. I mean, being from a traditional golfing county, you probably, lads, you know, you mightn't, uh, yeah. you lads might get this, but we were out and these, the dubs, oh, they have, there's a bit of a tone. There was a bit of a tone in the conversation, a really withering tone about the manner in which they perceive Dublin footballers to have been written off. And, oh, you know, if we hold Kildare, if we get Biden by a point, and then, sure, listen, we'll try and hold Mayo to five or seven points if they get there. And if we do limp into the final, sure, at least we'll keep the ball, we'll kick it out to Kerry for them. So there's a tone there. And I wonder if something didn't happen to Dublin in the last couple of minutes of the Mead game. And Eamon, I was thinking of the game in Tullamore in 2009 when Kerry played Antrim. I was at that match having gone to see Kerry Longford in the previous round. Kerry absolutely limped by Longford. They're playing Antrim in a qualifier in Tullamore. Kerry at this stage essentially written off. You know, being told they're too far off the pace to win the championship. And something happened in the last 12, 13 minutes of that game where Kerry turned around uh, a deficit against Antrim. We're all still level with eight minutes left, but found something in the last 10 minutes of that game. It just felt like they came in. Something clicked. And I wonder if something, Dublin didn't find something in the last five minutes against Mead that had been missing so far this season. Quite possibly, Paul. And look, that's not something you can force. I was I was involved in the management team for that game in 09. And you're right, like we limped by Langford. We limped by Sligo in the middle, which was Dermot Murphy saving the, the penalty. penalty yes. And then there was the Antrim game. And something clicked. And like you said, we were actually on the train on the way back down to Kerry after that game. And uh, the news came through that we had drawn Dublin because we were coming through the qualifiers and there was a big cheer, just a spontaneous cheer. And I remember thinking I was, like I said, I was involved in the management at that stage and no one was saying anything or anything, but I remember thinking to myself, yeah, we're back. We're where we need to be. So that can happen. Um, whether it happened in the last couple of minutes, you know, they, they put the game to bed and so on. It was more like themselves. But I'm sure they will have been disappointed with large aspects of the, of the second half performance. So we still haven't seen them at their best. But look, it's from now on that they're going to be trying to go up through the gears if they can. Sometimes we've all been involved in teams. We know what's there. We know everything is being done. Everything's right. Training is right. Everything is going well. But in terms of getting the performance on the big days, it's just not happening for whatever reason. So we're not used to seeing it with Dublin. We haven't seen it in a long time. Um, so we're all very cautious of saying too much because we're expecting the explosion like was there in the first half the last day. But um, they're not as fluid at the moment as they can be but that can click into gear on, on any given day. If you were managing Dublin, and I'm sure you've dreamed of it, but if you were managing Dublin on next next weekend, is it enough? Is it enough for Dublin to win? 
or is there something else? Do they need to set down a marker? No, it's enough to win. It's enough to win. Um, look, they have their own standards, and I think that's what they'll be measuring themselves by. They know that if they if they perform to the levels that they expect, they'll win comfortably. What will annoy them afterwards? Win. And if they haven't hit the levels, and if they're not you know, hitting whatever targets they set themselves, they'll be questioning each other then, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? But it's win. Win is all, win, win is all that counts. And their version of the cheer on the train journey is Mayo waiting for them in a semi-final. It is. And, uh, like, I don't, I don't think they're even thinking about Mayo, to be honest, Paul. I think they'll be very focused on next weekend and just keeping the thing going. Um, they, I imagine they'll be a bit anxious this week to get back out in Crow Park again and make sure that it is still there. That You know, because what they've had over the last six, seven longer years, it's, 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 it's unbelievable the levels that they've been able to bring consistently. But when, if that slips away, it's very elusive. It's very hard to find, find that again if it starts to slip away. Like you said, you can find it, but it can be hard to pull it back as, as it starts to go away. And sometimes the harder you try to get back to that level, the harder and the further away from you it gets. But look, they're still at such a high level, even performing at 70-80%, they're going to beat most teams anyway. Oshin, two related questions. Um, the first one is, can Kildare cause a shock? No. Sorry, I was waiting for the second question. I want you to answer that one first. Sorry. No. no. And are Dublin just timing their run? I wouldn't say they're timing their run. I mean, no, you know, no team wants to sail as close to the wind as, as they have, um, I think, when they have the quality that they have. But I think a lot of it stems from the players they've had available, who's fit. Uh, the thing, Definitely the things that have been going on in the background have not helped. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that that you know that that will be at this stage hopefully put to bed um i tell you i tell you just from a purely footballing point of view i don't know what jack o'connor has up his sleeve but um like if there is open in the middle as the as they were against west Meath, which which i'm, I'm pretty sure it won't be <clears throat> because they're forearm now but like honestly uh, the, like the dubs, as far as the amount of goals they could get against Kildare's, they could get in double figures. It, it, you know, it was that it was unless that that unless that is addressed, which I'm pretty sure you know that it will be. But it needs to be addressed in a proper manner because if it's not addressed in a proper manner, I mean, like, what do you do? I mean, what does what does Kildare do? You know, if they want to shore up the middle, if they want to play a sweeper, if they want to play extra men back. Look what it does to you out the field. Look what it'll do to their energy levels in Crow Park and uh, inexperience. And feel if you feel as if it's going away from you, lads, it's a very unforgiving place to be. I I've been there as as a player when the game's drifting away from you, and it's very very unforgiving. So like they need to sort they need to sort out the middle of the fence from six uh, from six back. And if they if they can do that, then they can definitely. Um, if the dubs are at where they were at the last day, then they can definitely be competitive uh, for a good part of the game. But uh, I don't see that happen. If we turn to Ulster, another game being played in Croke Park this weekend, Tyrone v Man. And what was it like, Oshin, to play in a, an Ulster final in Croke Park? 
We played, I was trying to figure out yesterday how many times we played because there was a replay stuck in the middle of it there. I think we might have played five or six times in Ulster Finals. Um, it just became the norm. You know, I, mean, I used to love Clonus, you know, because it just was, that's where I grew up watching Ulster Finals and it was. it's a very, very special place uh, to play football, I think, Clonus. But uh, when we started to go to Crow Park, um, it changed things a lot as far as preparation and, and the way you think about it. And it's, it is, regardless of what people say, it's really good preparation for winning that game and going on and playing quarter, well, previously playing quarterfinal. And, so it will be good preparation, you know, going into the semifinal. And I think, I wouldn't say that Kerry have, have missed a trick, but I will say that uh, that whoever comes out of the Ulster final probably has a slight advantage in that, you know, they've played there two weeks previous. But, um it's it's a very very special occasion, and I think uh, all of those players who are now playing who are now playing because for a, some well for a lot, but for a good few of these guys, it'll be there'll be new ground for them as far as playing a Crow, Crow Park in a in a in an important championship match is concerned. So I think in that way, it sort of brings on a life of its own, and I think. Uh, you know, there will be an atmosphere there just like there was yesterday because I think both Monon and and, uh, and Trone fans are very, very passionate. But like I, think, I remember, I think we had 55, maybe 60,000, you know, at one of our uh, Ulster finals, and it's uh, it's special. And we ended up, I don't, I don't think we ever lost there, you know, so in Ulster. We lost plenty apart from that, but uh, but in, in also in also finals we I don't think we were ever beat there. No, nah, I don't. It's not that I don't think I, we weren't I, ever beat there. I, actually, I was just thinking about it. I read there that you uh, you came out of retirement over the weekend and played a match. Uh, came out of retirement. Yeah, we, there was a charity match in uh, in a place called Portland Own. You now, score. What now? Let's get on. Let's we'll build up to that. We'll build up to that, Evan. Um, so it was in Portland home which is two hours drive from where I am now if I in the car for two hours I can't I can literally I can't hardly walk yeah that's what I'm hearing as well (laughs) I I can't I can't hardly walk when I get out of the car Uh, I had the two boys with me so they managed to get me out of the car and Um, we had a, we had a, we had a. It was very competitive. It was Antrim Masters. We played Antrim Masters, and they had two teams. I arrived in the ground at ten to five. The game was at half five, and they were doing a warm up at the bottom of the field. And I thought we've got the edge on them. <laughs> it's too forty forty plus year olds doing a warm up for forty minutes. Uh, so yeah, so the full forward line was me, Brawley, and Canavan. So. As I said, the the brawly halfway through, you, you wouldn't pass a hand grenade. Um, <laughs> uh, but in answer to your question, I got a point in the first half and a goal in the second half. It's oh, happy enough. I was more I was more a playmaker to be honest, like 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 always. Um, and I literally, honestly, I can't walk since. I presume the three east. I presume the three east stood around and kind of half time and talked through. The kind of the quality of the ball that was coming in. Canavan kind of, kind of disappeared at halftime. I don't know if that was because he wasn't getting any passes or things weren't going for him, but he, he wasn't around when the game was over. Who took the freeze? Uh, I let Conley Gilligan hit them. I just wasn't feeling up to them. You, yeah. <laughs> Too much extra work to get over to the point of a freeze. Eamon, have you played yet this summer? No, 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 no. 
my my advice is don't. That's me. I'm I'm I officially retired from charity matches now as well. No. Well, what was the cause? Can we just ask you before we finish? Sorry, it was it was Alps. So it was a suicide prevention charity in the north and a very worthwhile cause. Uh, doing brilliant work. They've gone around. They've been around a lot of clubs, giving suicide awareness training and all that. So um, it was it was it was a brilliant occasion and it was. It was it was supported so well, and uh, like there's there's guys from all over the place went. Um, Eddie Morris was up from Wexford, and uh, obviously the players I mentioned, and Andy McGinley played, and Paul McFlynn played, and some a lot of guys that that Eamon would know, a lot of guys from his vintage. Now it's fair to say that that a lot of those guys have not uh, time has not been nice to them. <laughs> Uh, so I come home. I definitely come home feeling a lot better about myself because <laughs> because I had hair as well. Which, uh, That's really helpful. That is. That's great. <laughs> um, okay, if, as we finish up, uh, Eamon, we've been running this thing since the start of the championship of um, of our predictions uh, on any given week, and of the twenty five matches that Oshin has predicted so far. He's actually got 21 right. Now, I don't deal with the new maths, uh, new honours um, division, but it's basically puts him on 84%, which leaves him just short of an A. So 21 out of 25, which means this weekend is pretty big. We'll do Dublin Kildare first. Oshin, Dublin or Kildare? Dublin. Yeah. You don't want reasons for that, do you? No, I don't want reasons. I want a scoreline. Oh, uh, Dublin by 12. Amen. Yeah, same. Okay. Tyrone v. Monaghan. Oshin. And I do want reasons here. Thought you would have went to Eamon first. Um, Not a big pie between them. Uh, I think um, Monaghan obviously are playing with a lot of emotion. Um, And, you know, if if they've been able to uh to move on like the funeral of young Benny O was only last Wednesday so you know they didn't have a lot of time um but uh, they're still playing with emotion there's nothing wrong with emotion but sometimes it can be you know the lead up and what's happened over the last and then you take in the the Armagh game into account uh it can be very very draining but um there's nothing between these two teams uh, as much as uh Trome were impressive the last day I thought you know, Donegal were poor. Uh, but I'm going to go for Tyrone just for a wee bit of know-how. Uh, it'll be very much, it'll be more set-piece football than, than probably we've seen so far in the provincial championships. Uh, a lot more processed uh, than we've seen so far in the provincial championships. And I'll go with Tyrone just to edge it by two. Would you start Colin McShane in this match? He asked me that question a couple of weeks ago. I said definitely yes, but no, he doesn't look he doesn't look quite there yet. I think it, maybe they could ramp it up. They might take him on at half time this time. They might even have to take him on at half time. Uh, so we might get 30, 35 minutes this weekend, and that probably be enough when you consider that they have McKenna. It'd be just be interesting to have Frank Burns as a sweeper the last day and just be interesting to just continue with that because Monon will get players back and Monon have only probably won out and out for me, Man Marker and Kieran Duffy. Uh, so he'll probably pick up McCurry. I would say him or Ram Wiley. 
Um, and if they can hold McCurry, McCurry's had McCurry has seventeen points in two championship matches. He gets some return, uh, and he'll enjoy Crow Park. He's absolutely flying. So um, that's why I think just maybe just throw him by a couple of points. Evan. Yeah, I can't decide, to be honest, Paul. It's very even. I like Monaghan, and I have for a long time. I think they just get the best out They get the max out of themselves every day they go out. Um, Tyrone, I just, I heard, I was reliably informed, and in Kerry, that always comes with a health warning, and you'd be reluctant. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm about 90% sure this is accurate, and it might explain something, and it might put both teams in a different um place when we look at them um the morning of the Kerry league game in Killarney uh Tyrone did a gym session and not only that after their gym session they went for a bit of a gallop through the national park and it might be not on horses either no uh, they ran uh might explain if it's true and like I said I'm pretty sure it is true um they that might explain what happened later on and they were looking at Ulster they were looking at winning Ulster they were looking at was what was probably going to happen in the Munster Championship happening and you know um, a possible meeting with Kerry in the All-Ireland semi-final um, and coming in like that so like I said I'm pretty sure it's accurate but uh, these yarns always come with a health warning in Kerry, and because of that, I'd be with I'd be with O'Sheen. I think they're they're starting to look serious again. They're starting to get the bit of meanness back into their game again, um, and they might just have a tiny bit too much from him. That sounds way too intelligent for somebody from Toronto to come up with. <laughs> <laughs> way too intelligent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like like I said. Just th- that performance that evening was so far off. Like, and Kerry were very impressive. In fairness, the same you were at the game, Oshin as well. Yeah. Like, but um, they were so far off of that evening that it might explain it if it's true. They didn't make a tackle. No, they probably couldn't. They were too. <laughs> they were burned out after all the work they'd done that day. After the gym. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast. To Raf Rocket. To Tony Lean. To Reno. And to everyone at Examiner Sport for making it happen. Huge thanks to Washeen and especially to Eamon for joining us today. We'll be back soon. Thanks, Paul. With Reno, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 